breaking news. This is not what you normally expect at the start of a podcast. Normally I say, hello, friends, and then break off into some long-winded intro asking the boys what their favourite sort of cheese is. But no, friends, this is a new recording. We've done all that already, but this is breaking news because since we recorded this morning's KOA podcast, things have changed. The game done changed again, and Town have announced another new signing, kind of out of the blue, certainly out of the blue from my point of view. They've signed a guy who played in the Premier League, started in the Premier League for West Brom last season, a winger called Carl Edwards. That means that Michael Jacobs, the move that was done on Friday, is off. And we, we go again. Things have changed. So I'm here now just doing a special little intro for this pod, a breaking news pod, and then we'll go into your regularly scheduled pod after this. I'm joined by Stewie and Andy. Stu, what's going on? Not another one. <laughs> 13 now. 13 signings and more to come. It's all moving at quite the pace. We recorded the first pod this morning, didn't we? Um, we're now, what, midway into Monday afternoon. Kai Edwards has signed, signing number 13. And uh, Ipswich have done quite the number on Portsmouth, haven't they? Um, that was Michael Jacobs was at Portman Road for a medical. Last year, agreed. Terms agreed. It's all, all going ahead by the sounds of things. And um, they've managed to sign Kyle Edwards, who Mark Ashton says has been a long-term target of the whole summer. Something's obviously changed over the weekend that's made him available when he wasn't before. His background is that he was released by West Brom at the, after their relegation from the Premier League. He went on trial to Reading, played quite a few friendly games for them. Reading couldn't get the deal done because they're one of the championship clubs under transfer embargo at the moment. Then he went on trial to Bournemouth. I don't uh, Scott Parker spoke quite glowingly about him uh, during that trial. For whatever reason, he hasn't signed there. And Ipswich have obviously sensed an opportunity that they can get their man over the weekend. So they've got him. Not only have they done that, they've pulled the plug on Jacobs. Portsmouth, I think, had already put some of that Jacobs money aside to, to go and try and sign Joe Morrell. And uh, it's now being reported that Ipswich are going <laughs> to hijack the move for Morrell as well. So... Um, not going to be very popular down on the south coast, Ipswich. Those two games against Portsmouth this season are going to be spicy, aren't they, boys, with all this narrative going on in the background. Um, Hutchie, Carl Edwards, as I said there, he started in the Premier League last season for West Brom, played several games for them as well, coming off the bench. This is a, another one that goes in the in the bin marked marquee slash coup signing, isn't it? You know, when I said to you a few weeks ago, we were talking about Checkbook FC, and I said I thought all of that rivalry with Portsmouth would, pro- <laughs> yeah. would, prob- would probably fizzle away into nothing eventually um well it's not going to is it um yeah for, for everything i've heard people were expecting kyle edwards to end up at celtic um now he's in league one with with it with ipswich um again he's not someone i'm going to pretend that i've watched loads of his games but he's someone definitely been aware of and aware of the ability there um they're signing versatile players that can play in these attacking positions and michael jacobs isn't happening. Kyle Edwards is, and um, they're just getting stronger and stronger. Paul Cook's got quite the job on here to to pick a team and and settle on a team here, but it doesn't hurt to have options, I guess. Are they going to play? Run through those attacking options now, because when Go you actually it. say them out loud, it's you know on the left side, it's now between Edwards and Louis Barry, who is equally highly rated the youngster on on loan from Aston Villa then you've got Fraser and Chaplin sort of vying for the num- number 10 slot then you've got Aluko Burns Dobra probably vying for that 
place on the right hand side, and then you've got Piggott, Norwood, and Bon as three options for the strikers. Now, some of these can obviously play in multiple positions, but that is six, seven, eight, nine, ten players vying for four positions there. Are they just going to play the old uh, the old one ten formation this season, boys? Is that is that what they're going for? Because they're a bit top heavy, aren't they? Um, you mentioned there, Carl Edwards. He's at England under twenty international as well, isn't he? He signed a three year deal. You said he, he plays on the left, but can, can he play both sides, Stewie? Do we know? Is he is he one of those ones that can switch uh, over? Yes, yeah, I think primarily left, but he can play certainly play number ten. I think he's played a little bit on the right as well. Um, one of my best mates is a big West Brom fan, so he's been filling me in on, on him just now. Um, and having watched some of his highlights as well, he's direct, he's twisty is how I would describe him. Close ball control, sort of jinx people. It turns people inside out, can either suddenly dart in on the inside and get a shot away or or go up the outside and get in across. He's going to be an exciting player to watch by the looks of his highlights. As we know, highlights always look good, but... Um, you know, played a sort of a bit part role in their promotion in 1920. Um, was obviously a teammate of Raheem Harper's as well, which may have may have helped uh, lure him to to League One and Suffolk. Um, and then uh, didn't wasn't that involved in the in the Premier League last season before he was released. But um, at 24 years of age, uh, to get him on a free transfer when the likes of Celtic and, and the clubs we've mentioned have been sniffing around. Real coup could be one that Ipswich get a, a big return on um, further down the line. Be that in terms of what he gives to the club, or you know, going on to to bigger things further down the line. Who knows? But um, another exciting signing. Can't keep up with this. Mm. And also one they managed to keep pretty quiet. Um, I mean, it came it came out of the blue. It wasn't a name that's been tossed around, was it? I certainly wasn't aware of it. I don't know if you boys are going to tell me you knew little background whispers, but I, as I say, it come out of the blue. They've done very well to keep it quiet. No, fair play to the club for keep keeping it quiet. Um, there's so many ways for these these deals to come out. It's obviously been one that's been rumbling on in the summer, not one that, w- that we were particularly aware of. Um, it sounds like it all happened quite quickly yesterday on a Sunday when I imagine there's not that many people around up at the training ground. And um, uh, yeah, they've managed to, to spring it all on us around sort of lunchtime today. Uh, a, a nice surprise. And I know Rakeem Harper, you say he's, he's played with him before. He's he's very excited. He's been Instagramming about this move. Um, so we've got Rakeem the Dream and King Kyle Edwards now. At Nickname already? Nickname. Well, yeah, King Kyle. I mean, it's, it's alliteration, isn't it? I'm sure we can come up with something better. But um, but Hutchie, what, what, what are your thoughts on the whole transfer scenario now? Because we know they're still looking to sign... Coulson from Middlesbrough on loan. Um, Stu alluded there to the Joe Morell thing as well, a midfielder with pedigree, Welsh international, played in the Euros. Um, is there any kind of more we can add there? They're the positions they need now. I, I, I would think, I would think we're we're talking about Ipswich being done in the final third of the pitch at this yes. point, bar, barring any um, barring any injuries or. or significant changes um in that area of the pitch they they need bodies elsewhere now Coulson one we've been talking about that for a month or so that genuinely should be done in the coming hours days um that means Matt Penny will have real competition there um and they simply need another midfielder because um as you'll hear in a bit when we move on to the the podcast we've already done um when when uh even losing Toto and Siala to injury at the weekend meant that we were having to think about who on earth goes into midfield if Lee Evans has to drop back to centre-back. So they need at least one more there. Um, probably not a great great news for John Nolan, I wouldn't say. Um, 
if if that other midfielder is going to happen, um, he's going to face a real fight now. But um, yeah, Mark Ashton's back up to his signing every five day average now. If they get Hayden Coulson done today, that's exactly a signing every five days in the in the uh, in the time he's been here since June the first. So it's, it we look. Some of these have got to play out. Some of these will be misses. I'm sure. Some of these players that have come in, a lot of them hopefully will be hits. But simply the speed of doing that is um is not what we're used to here at Ipswich, is it? No, I mean, should we just reflect on that? Mark Ashton is making signings like his shorts are on fire, his trousers, his, his well, uh, his well upholstered trousers are are, uh, are on fire. His bespoke, no doubt, extremely tailored trousers. Um, how exciting is it, boys? I mean, Ipswich Town aren't just signing players that, that should be competitive in League One. These are players that that should be able to do it at the Championship as well, and they're tying them down to long term deals. How often does does a League One club sign someone who played? A handful of times in the who played in the Premier League the previous season, it just doesn't happen, does it? Um, mm. Someone with an age where there's room to grow there as well. Um, yeah, a, a summer like no other, is it? And I don't su- suspect that whatever happens from here, we'll we'll get another one like it. Um, Something will have gone very wrong in the it, with, with, <laughs> with, in this. If it has to happen again it, under Paul Cook, something will have gone very wrong. Yeah. Do you want to know something else? You'll like this, Mark. Do you want to know something about um, Carl Edwards? Always. Uh, so after West Brom were promoted to the Premier League, um, he released a rap track called nice. Promotion, Promotion Ting, uh, which got over 100,000 views on YouTube. So um, maybe we could have an Ipswich version of that in in a few months' time. Well, I know what I'll be doing after this then, immediately YouTubing that, <laughs> watching that. Um, boys. It's a breaking news podcast. Uh, this has been an addition to your regularly scheduled broadcast. So this is new. You're about now to hear the podcast we did this morning with the big porker, Mike Bacon. Obviously, part of that, we talk about the game from the weekend. We also move on to sexy stuff. Part of that sexy stuff is now clearly going to be obsolete because we talk about Michael Jacobs in there. That's not happening. Carl Edwards is in the building um, and things are happening all the time. How exciting is it to be covering Ipswich Town and also be an Ipswich Town fan? It is tremendous. Right then, on with the regularly scheduled podcast. Enjoy. Hello, friends, and welcome to the first Kings of Anglia Monday post-match pod of the season. Didn't quite start how we thought it might do, but there was a fairy tale finish, so we're about to get right into all of that. My name is Mark Heath. I'm your host. I'm delighted to say that three of the now five Kings join me for today's show. Ross goes on to rotation, has a few days off, but in his place, you'd be delighted to see that the grand poor sign, the big pork himself, Mike Bacon is with us. But I'm not going to start with you today, Mike. I'm going to go. I mentioned fairy tales there. I'm going to go first of all to the man we missed the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure having a young daughter, you're very familiar with fairy tales. The doctor, Stuart Watson, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. What's your favourite fairy tale? What's my... I wasn't prepared for that to be the opening question today. Uh, I don't know. Come on, you must be watching... I mean, does Frozen count as a fairy tale? You've watched that about a million times, haven't you, now? Uh, at the minute, Raya is quite big in our yes. house. The new yes. Disney one. Good show. My daughter's name is Aya. The film's called Raya. She's loving it. What's it about? Uh, badass ninja princess. 
I like it. And, and, some, drag- and some dragons. Don't forget yeah. the dragons, mate. Dragons are big. The uh, the evil the evil purple force the drone. I like it's the sound of it. It's like a, an animated version of Game of Thrones. Mm, yeah, <laughs> a bit more Disney-fied. Anyway, I digress, friends. You're not here to listen to us talk about animated Disney films. You're here to talk about football. Um, let me just introduce the other two kings that are with us today. Andy Warren, still with that resplendent rack of town shirts behind you. How are you? Can we just talk about Disney films? I've, <laughs> I've got a lot. I've got a lot to say. Say a lot it. of thoughts. What, what have you got? There's some really good ones. Have you watched yeah. Luca? Um, this is probably just talking to Stu here. Have you watched Luca? Yeah. Good enough. Here we go. <laughs> Luca's good. Uh, obviously, Moana is a is a banger. Um, good music in that. I'm aware um, of that because that's got the rock in, hasn't it? Yeah, it's slight. That's slightly sort of appealing to you, there, isn't it? With some fighter, a fighter man in it. Fake um, fighter. Uh, it's real, isn't it? <laughs> Moana's the way to go, I'm told. Um, Mike, your kids have yeah. long since grown up and, and left, flown the nest. You've just been telling us how they're drinking under the table when they come home. How are you, Mike? Well, I'm not too bad, thank you very much. It's been a bit of a stressful weekend, to be honest. Obviously, with the big game on a Saturday, followed by both my kids back from uni over the weekend, it's been horrendous, to be honest. Um, uh, do, do they still do, do, do you still have Jungle Book on? Um, do you ever watch Jungle Book? Talking about Disney films, that was That's, always that. That is a classic. That's it? It, yeah, Jung, Jungle Book was always yep. oh, my favourite. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, that's an answer. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm I'm very well. Yeah, month for, for a Monday because I find Mondays I'm a little bit touchy on Mondays. I don't know what it is. I'm you know, but I feel I feel okay actually. That's probably meeting up with you guys. It's just also nice to see you all. It'll be the 17 pints you drink every Sunday night, Mike, that makes you uh, touchy I, I, on Monday. I've got a bit of a hangover this morning. Yeah, <laughs> my favourite's Little Mermaid. If you're asking, boys, but I know you're not. No. Um, let's get into the football, shall we, boys? From Disney films to fairy tale ending on the pitch at Portman Road on Saturday. As I said, it wasn't quite what we expected result-wise, but um, Town did finish with a point at least. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go to you first of all, Mike, because you're good at this. A lot of the people who listen to this podcast will have been there, twenty-one thousand inside the ground. But we know that a lot of the KO army is spread out across the world and wouldn't therefore experience the atmosphere so paint pictures with your beautiful words what was it like to be back in portman road with twenty one thousand plus fans in there just can you can you put that into words into pictures yeah i mean i thought it was uh it was great and um and I thought the crowd were, were excellent. I mean, there's that, there's that, always that little. Um, and of course, we had the two minute, I mean, minutes applause for Paul Mariner, which was wonderful. Um, you know, and and I believe some of his family there. That was just wonderful. At the end of it, you always get that great roar, don't you? At the end of the when it's just finishes and the applause, and it was outstanding. And of course, when Fraser scored, um, I mean, there was a, it was it took the, it took the roof off. We, well, we haven't got a roof, but you know what I mean. If we had a roof, it would take the roof off. But I mean, it was it was. You know, we were talking, Andy, myself and Stuart talked beforehand of, of big atmospheres at Portman Road in the last 10 years. There haven't really been many, to be honest, a few Norwich games, perhaps. And But go back before that. And I remember, I think I think talked to Andy, said when we played Sunderland just before the year we got to the playoff final. And then, of course, uh, Manchester United, when that's our first game in the Premiership. Too, and it was a great atmosphere. And it was just the, the North Stand were in good voice, which I like to hear. Even the church, I call them churchmen, just it's churchmen's end for me. Churchmen's were in good voice. Even Morecambe sung a few songs, which is good for them. We bung their 326 or however many they brought. So it was a good atmosphere. Paul Cook ran on the pitch at the beginning, clapping, you know, going, clapping like this, everybody. I mean, it was just like, you know, welcome the Messiah sort of thing. It was great to see. Um, um, it'd been nice they won 10 nil, to be perfectly honest. So that had been sort of um sort of rounded it off rather than a last gasp equalizer. Well, quite good, the last gasp equalizer. Um 
So I I thought it was any town. I, there won't have been many town fans walked away disappointed. They'll be slightly uh, wish we'd won, but overall, how good to be back in that sort of. They create that every week. Port and yeah. Rose, you well placed, well to be. It looks tremendous. We'll come on to the kind of good and bad points from the game. Stuart, you, you tweeted a, a video just before kickoff. I think when the, the players came out for the first time to warm up, and you said it was a, it was a goosebumps moment. What what are your thoughts just generally on the game and the atmosphere itself before we get kind of into the details of it? Hmm. The, the the tales of Portman Road rocking are kind of mythical to me because it became <laughs> before my sort of ten year stint of covering Ipswich in there their lowest point in the in the club's history. I hear about the, the day when Wilner scored and it, that's the best I've heard it since the Norwich playoff game. Um, I don't know if it's just because it's been 18, 16, 18 months since I've heard it before, but just turning the corner and first arriving at the ground put a really big smile on my face. It was hammering down with rain at that point. I was battling the umbrella going inside out, but just seeing people gathering outside the ground and that's the first time I've seen the the new artwork alongside the stadium and the roar obviously was a goosebumps moment when the players first emerged from the tunnel and we had a bit of sweet Caroline and um, they were sort of singing Hey Jude as the, as the game kicked off. That was a real moment for me as well, but just it was the other little bits and pieces that I've forgotten how much I, I missed it was, you know, the first time the referee got a bit of abuse, the first time there was a way, you know, a sarcastic shout when one of their players had a, an air kick on the edge of the box and their referee, uh, their goalkeeper at the start of the second half got a bit of a, a bit of stick for his weight, should we say, which is, which is an <laughs> eight gold classic. I've, I've seen on Twitter, there was, um, there's a, there's a picture being shared of the Morecambe players celebrating one of the goals and, uh, a female fan in the front row just giving him the du- the uh, the double fingers um, from behind. Football's yeah. back, fans are back. That's what it's all about. Quite. Yeah, Hutchie, you um, famously a man who doesn't get excited about very much, but you were excited going to this game. You said you said Saturday morning you were excited. You told me Friday night you were excited. We were no, ex- how excited were you on the day? I was lying. Is, uh, wasn't wasn't bothered in this like. But can we stop peddling this myth? I love it. It's true. Um, <laughs> yeah um no i was very excited and i i really i really enjoyed it it's smells of burger vans turnstiles clicking away people queuing up outside program huts being set up again um just walking past a food stall that was even open just to just to know that someone might buy something yeah. later got a pie in the press room that's the real the real uh the real quiz here um yeah, it's, it's something that people have waited for for a long, long time. I was I walked down to the ground through town, and a group of lads behind me were, were debating James Norwood's injury record and and how many goals he'd scored and whether he'd been um, lived up lived up to the amount of money he's been paid over the last two years. And just yeah, it's just just real life's returning, isn't it? We, um, po- sorry, sorry we, there was a point where I, I was trying to talk to Andy, who's still. It's still sort of spacing us out a little bit in the press box, but we've been used to kind of conversing quite easily during games for the last 12 months. At one point, I was trying to talk to Andy about who who played the pass, and he just said, sorry, mate, I can't hear you. You know, nice. that was that was the level of noise in, in the first half. And um, I saw a few sarcastic comments on Twitter where I'd put goosebumps and sharing videos, and those videos and the footage never does justice to the noise of what it feels like when you're in that stadium and um that felt a bit special i turned around to mike i think just as they kicked off and i just just gave you a little nod and we just 
It was goosebumps, genuinely. It was that felt like a real moment, you know, that build up and the start of that game. And how did Portman Road look? Ashton, uh, our new Lord and Saviour, man with immaculate beard, has, has promised that it would be tidied up and made to look better. Um, we shared a video, I think, Friday night from the, the KOA account of just of the scene um, and people commenting on just how blue the seats look and stuff like that. Was it noticeably tidier, Mike? Did it look better than it than it has done previously? Yeah, I mean, there are bits. Yeah, there are bits. I, I didn't get to. I wasn't in the north. I didn't see the north stand end with the pillars, obviously. So I didn't get in there to see them. Um, yeah, it's a bit tight. The yeah, seat's been tidied up. There's a bit more spick and span about it. All the Mark Evans um, paraphernalia has been pulled off, and it's not there anymore. Um, it's going to take a long time to tidy that that ground up. It's been left not to rot because a stupid word to say, but it's been left without much TLC over the last you know many years. So it's going to take a lot. But yeah, they're going to keep trying to do things. I think I've done something with the. Did someone tell me, Andy? You say they've done something with the the um, where the uh, managers are in the uh, dugouts. Have they done something there? Take the roofs they, off or something? They're going to. They're giving them a oh. bit. Of a, the thing that I noticed, I'm sure loads of people have noticed this in in the past. Down at the the churchman's end, Mike, the south stand end. There's this yeah. weird. There's this weird sort of cubicle oh, down there that looks like it could either be a shower. Or like a gunge tank from a nineties, um, <laughs> like a nineties. You, know, you, know, you know the one I mean, don't you, Stu? Just down but, down there, just down by the south stand. But they've covered it up with like a brand new blue, like Ipswich Town crest. Just they've literally just boxed it in and, and like hidden it, um, which which is a nice touch because nobody knows what it did. Nobody used it, and it just looked absolutely ridiculous being there. So yeah, they've they've, they've done some little bits and pieces, but I. I if you didn't know that they'd done anything inside the ground, you probably wouldn't think, "Wow, we're at, we're at a new, yeah. new, newly, newly tarted up ground today." But it's going to take some time. Of course, it is. And before we get on to the game, Mike, the big question, of course, everyone's been asking is, had they answered your clarion call for mashed potato in the press room? You got a pie by the sound of it. Was there carbohydrate based sides? No. Disappointing. Very they've, also, they've also downgraded the quality of sauce available to go with uh, any of these things as well, but. <laughs> We'll see. Oh, it, was, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't one of the finest uh, pre-match uh, meals I've ever had at a football ground. It was one pie. I'm. In, I'm in trouble. I um. I smuggled my pie up to the <laughs> the press seat from the press box uh, with cutlery, uh, and the, the steward. I had to do a secret handshake with the steward to allow me to take the. Uh, the knife and fork to my seat. I promise not to stab anyone. I use them as a projectile, and I was true to my word. How does one smuggle a pie? Does that interest you before we get into the game? Where, where I just you... bra- brazenly carried it through. Oh, I, nice. say sm- I say smuggle. I just do what I want. Yeah, I'm Stuart Watson. I'll do what I want. Right then, boys, you... let's talk about the... Sorry. You've done well to get it past that particular steward if we're talking about mm. the same one. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a girl at me about me mask. So that if that's the same one you're thinking of, yeah. I did the old trick of just keep walking. Yeah, good idea. (laughs) Well then, boys, let's get on to the game. Pies, fairy tales, mash aside. It was 2-2. Not, as I say, the result we expected. We're going to do the good, the bad and the ugly. The ugly being yours truly the host, so we'll just do good and bad. Stewie, give me some good stuff about the game. Scored twice after uh, a series of nil-nil board draws at the end of the last season. Two goals are not to be sniffed at. Two goals of completely different types the first was was really really well crafted better when I've watched it back actually than I probably realized at the time the sort of build up to it Harper sort of uh, changes up the pace of the move 
fizzes in a pass and then it's a really good one-two between Fraser and Chaplin. Chaplin probably had to do more than than I realised at the time as well. Touch, turn, feeds the ball back to him, sweeps it home. So that's the type of football that we're hoping this new look Ipswich can produce and will be capable of. And then the second, they've mixed it up. They're under pressure to, to find a breakthrough at the end. Clagkey, long ball, route one, and then just two bits of really strong centre-forwards play from Norwood first to, to hold off his marker and flick the ball on, and then Bon straight arms the uh, the centre-half to hold him at bay. And um, as he says, time seemed to stand still and he finds the net. So the, the fact that it was him that scored uh, on his debut, as he so often has done, the Chantry boy, you know, we, we've done that interview with him saying that he can't wait to hear his name being sung and um, what it would mean to him and his family. So that in itself was was the big moment, wasn't it? The fact that Macaulay Bond was the man to score the goal. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about sport is it often pens stories that are kind of stranger than fiction and that kind of thing. Local lad scores on his debut to rescue a point. I suppose in a film it would be to score the winning goal, but still the sort of thing you may look at and go, ah, it's just corny, that is. But it happened. Macaulay Bond scored and then ran off kissing the badge, which was tremendous. Great to see. Hutchie, give us some some more positives other than the ones that, that Stu's mentioned. Who? Anyone particularly stand out for you? You know, that was Macaulay Bond's one and only touch of the ball. I didn't know. That, that's even that better, game. isn't it? That's even touched, better. That, that was it. He did not touch the ball aside from that, according to all of the all of the stats websites out there. That was it. So that's that's not too bad, is it? Um, some more positives. Um, the midfield two, I like. Um, I think I've liked them through pre-season. We, we all have. We've all seen it. I think that there's a real base of that team ready to play there. Lee, Lee Evans and Raheem Harper knocking the ball around really nicely. They seem to have a decent partnership. I think Evans is going to be great for Harper. Like Stu, I perhaps, I didn't maybe didn't appreciate how how good that pass was for Harper to kind of change the gear of and change the pace of an attack um, to to make that first goal, which is kind of what, what Paul Lambert was was lacking, a player that could do that or, or, or a team that could do that. Maybe he was a manager that couldn't do that, but uh, uh, to be able to change the pace of attack with one pass to kind of move the team forward into a dangerous area and then work off them and play. And that was, that was really, really nice to see. Um, but yeah, there's. I, I think each of the new signings had positive moments. I, I think it's clear there's still so much more to come from from all of them. Hopefully, they they can find that. But um, yes, the win would have been great. But all, all in all, like Mike said right at the top of this, I don't think anybody re- really would have left Portman Road any, anything but happy with what they mm. saw. And I think that's really important as well because they've sold thirteen thousand season tickets. There were best part of twenty one thousand Ipswich fans in that ground and. Maybe a 2-1 home loss to Morecambe might not have convinced that many of them to come back and kind of take these attendances regularly up to the 17, 18,000 mark that we'd all like to see. But a 90th minute equaliser from from a local boy, I think I don't think many would have left there thinking, oh, I'm not going to come back to see any more of that. So um, hopefully the next home game is um, a decent sort of 17, 18 level attendance there and, and work off that for the rest of the year. Can we agree, boys, as well? Uh, Macaulay Bond's nickname is Trey. Trey Bond. It's on the front of the supplement today. Um, official KOA nickname. Works very well. I think you'll agree. Um, so, yeah, that's locked in along with the Dream Harper. There's still work to do on others, um, but we'll, I'm sure we'll establish that over the course of the season. Mickey, what did, what did you make? Give us some, give us some good things. Um, quite a little Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin. 
Um, first time we've really seen him play. Charlie uh, Chapman. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his nickname. That's the work in progress. Um, what did you what did you make of him? Um, little little Chaplin. Can we just call him Little Chaplin? <laughs> <laughs> um, cha- uh, yeah, Chaplin. Um, I think I think there's a lot more to come from Chaplin. Let's put it that way. That he won't he won't put that down as one of his best games um, he'll ever have for Ipswich Town. Um, he struggled a little bit to sort of be the link man, really. I mean, and if you're going to play a number ten. The number 10 has to dominate a game. You know, if you put a number 10 on Jack Grealish's shirt at Man City, he's expected to dominate the game. I know it's a different level, but anyone who's got the number 10 on their back and they play that system, he didn't really manage to find. And that's just new. It's just new, isn't it? It's just a new system. I mean, and you know, but Harper and Evans needed him to link up to Piggott and out wide, and it didn't just, things weren't quite coming off. Um, but he's obviously a quality player. You, you know, he's a good player. And, um, but my, 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 my favourite was was Evans, without a doubt. Um, you know, I thought he was, for those of us who remember Jim McGilton, you know, it was just like going back to Jim McGilton days. You know, give me that bloody, give me that ball every single, give me that, give give it here, give it here, you know. And that's all he demanded, every single, give it here, give it here. And that's what you need. And and he will just, I mean, ping and pass. I mean, they're ping and passes across the pitch with, it was, the accuracy was wonderful. I mean, you can't, it wasn't just, they were just, thrust them out there and hoping someone managed to get older. They were just dead at, at people's feet. Um, so Evans was a huge plus. I mean, I, know, I mean, Andy's spoke, and my steward as well, he spoke about how good he's going to be. I'd, I'd never really know much about him, to be honest, but he really impressed me. Um, so that's, and I think the goalie, the goalie actually, you feel like happier <laughs> when the ball's going towards him than perhaps one or two we've had over the past few years. You know, you feel the goalie looks really solid and mm. comfortable and, Distribution's good. Lots of positives. Um, just need more games. Okay. Um, any any other positives before we move on, boys? I was listening to the, the game on Radio Suffolk uh, on my way to Eddie Hearn's back garden. Um, it cut out around Cambridge. They haven't got a very um, wide distribution area of their Radio Suffolk. But in the bit that I did get to listen to, Mick Mills was singing the praises of Kane Vincent Young and Wes Burns as a partnership. Is that is that something that stood out as well, Stewie? Why are you going to Cambridge on the way to... Uh... Eddie well, Hurt's back garden. It was because uh, it switched to Radio Cambridge. It was actually just uh, as I, just I went past Royston area. Um, I lost the, uh, the the reception on Radio Suffolk, which I was pretty pissed off about. Did anyway, you listen to the Cambridge game then? Because they drew. No, they were they were on, but I just turned. I wasn't interested in that. Oh, well, Jack Lancaster's playing for Cambridge. You could have caught yeah, up. It's yes, yesterday's news, isn't it? Now, yeah, um, true. Stewie, any any other, any other positives before um, we move on to the bad? Yeah, that that right side. I think Kane Vincent Young. A, it's just great to see him back and starting games and finishing a game. Um, first and foremost for him, I thought there was there was signs of ring rust from him. His touch was a little heavy at times. He wasn't quite. He won a lot of free kicks. Perhaps you know pre-injury he might have been going past those people and, and carrying on. But the fact that the intent was there for him to get forwards and and give that sort of attacking dynamic from right back was a plus for me. And I think there's more to come from him. Obviously, we'll talk about his role and others in, in the goals conceded in, in a moment. Burns wouldn't be sort of top of my list of players that I'd be raving about from the game. Ran into a few corridors at, at times. Um, Danassian, I think, needs to mention the fact that he ended up um, playing at centre-half. I found that sort of almost ironic that for all of the changes, three years on from the start of the Paul Hurst era, if you remember, which was also a 2-2 draw on the opening day of the season against a newly promoted side in Blackburn that Janoy Danassian, because of injuries, ended up shuffling inside to centre-half. And 
and three years on, so so was the case again after Toto's injury. And, and I didn't think that Genoi put a foot wrong. We've always talked about on this podcast that he never lets you down, no matter how long he's been out of the side, wherever he's called upon, he, he rarely lets you down, Genoi. And I thought he showed a bit of leadership in, in there. And uh, so credit to him. Um, and just really the general character to come from behind twice. Um, I think in years gone by, the, the atmosphere might have turned and the, the team might have shrunk a little bit, but for them to keep going and, and come back into the game twice uh, is a big positive. Mm. Hutchie, are we entering a new denaissance period as we mm-hmm. move into the bad? Obviously, we have to talk about defence, but your boy Genoi was decent again. I tell you what, he, he got really close to cutting out that to getting in what would have been an incredible tackle to to stop Stockton second from being rolled into the rolled into the net. If he had been a fraction of a second earlier, he would have he'd have stopped that and it would have been incredible. Um is this the start of a new Renaissance period? Um I hope so, but I, I don't know. I think clearly there are going to be reinforcements coming in ahead of Genoi Danassi. And there's every chance he's gonna he's gonna to have to start now, I'd have thought, in this game against Newport tomorrow night. So he's got a chance. He's still there. He's one of the few that are still there. So uh you can't you can't rule him out just yet. Okay, let, let's talk about the bad. Obviously, defence has to be mentioned in the bad. Toto's injury. Um Hutchie, do you want to kick us off with the, the negatives from the game? Toto's injury is really sad. Um, I, I know, and cl- clearly, if they could bring in a, an experienced championship centre half at this point, there's there's an upgrade to be had on what was the starting defence uh, for Ipswich this weekend. But you ha- you can't not feel for for Toto here. He's he's come into this season off a really good end of of the last campaign, really solid. He's cut out mistakes. He, he's playing with a confidence. I think Paul Cook's put a bit of spring in his step. He's given him the armband. He's survived the cull. He's starting on the opening day and, and 37 minutes in for the second time in, um, for the second time in two years, his kind of summer has been hit by a hamstring injury, just as it was in, in 2019. He had a, he had a, a golden opportunity there um, heading into that season. He'd have started on the opening day. Luke Chambers was suspended. Um, he did his hamstring in pre-season. They signed James Wilson and he never got back in the team. And the fear at this point has got to be that the exact same thing could happen to him again. They're in the market for more more centre-halves. It, Edmondson's already at the club and not in the team. And um, sadly, you, you have to feel that there's a, not, there's a, there's a chance here that, that this injury, hopefully it's not too bad, but if it's out for a few weeks, he could come back to a completely different setup and, and have a real fight on his hands to get back into the side again. So um, you had to feel for him there. Hmm. Mike, give me, give me some more bad. The two goals conceded weren't great, were they? No, it's, it was disappointing, wasn't it? I mean, you've got to remember, Town conceded three against Colchester, you know. Um, I know they pre-season, but I remember people then sort of saying, well, we conceded three goals, you know. Against Colchester, no, they weren't. There's the, there seems to be this gross fear to tackle this. Was it Stock? What's his name? Who scored? Stockton. The, Cole Stockton. Stockton. As he sort of whittled his way across the box and into the box, there was this great fear. No one dared tackle him, and I understand why because obviously you don't want to give a penalty away. But you got to do, you got to do something. You can't just keep following him for. It was always he was always going to suddenly just turn and hit it. That's what he's going to do. Um, it was just in case he got lucky and found a bit of a gap, which he did. Where he finished it brilliantly, you know. And um, yeah, of course it was. I mean, yeah, okay. So people say they're showing him away from the goal, away from the goal, away from the goal. But he's, he's still going to get a shot away. And of course, with with Wolfie, with the mistake, uh, 
you know, just nightmare, you know, just that shows football is so quick. You know, it's so quick at professional level. Then when people talk about football, the higher the levels you go up, I mean, no, it's only League One. League One's still a decent level. You know, people are quick. They're on the ball. They're on you before you can have a chance. I mean, I like Luke Wolf. I think he's got a lot about him, but perhaps that was a little casual and he'll he'll be dis- he'll be so disappointed. He'll be so relieved. McCauley <laughs> one got the equaliser, but he'll be so disappointed with that because there was nothing. I mean, the pass from Penny was hardly, weren't the best quite frankly, but I mean, it was still, it was, should have been dealt with. And, and you just, I mean, literally Morecambe, they, I thought Morecambe were excellent, by the way, you know, to come into League One, come to Port Ipswich Town opening day. Well, they had nothing to lose, obviously, but that's still a huge gig for them to come to. Mm. And um, their management has been thrilled the way they played, but they didn't have that many chances. And really, they scored two goals and, you know, the first was okay, a bit of bread, but second, yeah. And like, as, as, as Andy said, Danassian, I'll call him Danassian because I don't know how to say his first name. What is it? Janoy. Janoy, right, I do yeah. now. Janoy, um, yeah, he was, I felt, I thought he toe-punted, I thought it was an own goal. When, when they came so dumb like that, I thought it might be a Danassian own goal because he really did hurtle himself to try and get back. And if he had just got a touch on that, um, brilliant. But, you know yeah, those they're... those water slides you get where you put like a piece of pla- <laughs> piece of plastic out, Yeah, spray it with washing up liquid and then get the hose out on it. It was yeah. like he was coming in on one of those. Or um, yeah. Sol Campbell's never-ending slide tackle that often gets <laughs> yeah. shared from the England game, a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was almost it was almost brilliant. But yeah, the defending as they've just conceded, you know, they conceded goals against Millwall. They, you know, I mean Palace scored one, could have scored six with all due respect. I know these are pre-season, but there's been little signs there that the defence is far. I think They'll, they'll be at least well they'll be at least one new centre half coming in wouldn't surprise me there's two mm. we'll get on to sexy stuff in a minute Stewie in a rather fine segue in your post-match reaction video which I myself would have been proud of you said it's a new era for town but there's still some of the same old stuff that we saw today um, and part of that was you were talking about mainly was defending wasn't it the, the goals yeah the goals I mean we've, we've covered that there I would also say some of the attacking play as well there was a lot I liked about it but it didn't click immediately as, a, as an attacking force. I thought some of it was a little predictable. We've, we've waxed lyrical about Lee Evans spraying the ball left and right. So, But the two, Harper and Evans, as good as they were, did sit quite deep. Mm. And there wasn't that link. Again, Mike's already touched upon this, that Chaplin never really got in the game. That sort of He was meant to be playing sort of off of Piggott, but those two really weren't that involved uh, in the game. At all, they couldn't. There wasn't really a great deal of penetration through the middle. The game plan clearly is that Evans and Harper come and get the ball short off the centre halves. They get it wide as quick as possible with the the, the fullbacks playing as wingers, as we know. The the two sort of wide forwards tuck in a lot. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Fraser sort of playing wide left. He's been one of the best number tens in the division for the last three years, and it feels a little bit like slight fear there at the moment. Signing lots of good players. And then it's like we're trying to sort of cram them all in and you could run into that sort of danger zone at, at some point. Cook's already talking about, I don't know, my best side and how long is it going to be till he finds his best side? And for all the talk about getting this team to gel, mm. are they going to give be given an opportunity to gel? Because there's going to be a real temptation to rotate now because you've got so many good players and trying to keep people happy. So there was a lot I liked about this, but I'm not going to shy away from saying it's a disappointing result. I know everyone's kind of buoyed by the honeymoon period and the excitement and, you know, but they drew it home to Morecambe, who were playing in the third tier for the first time ever. 
conceded some poor goals and um, didn't win the game. And, and ultimately, those are it might be it might turn out to be a really good point in in the grand scheme of things, or it might turn out to be two two points dropped. So I, I want to see a little bit more. I hope I'm not. I you know I think there's more to come from them as an attacking force. It didn't quite click uh, up top. I thought Piggott's best work, even though he was meant to be playing as the most advanced striker, it was second half, he started dropping deeper and deeper to try and link play. And I know Francis Jeffers was saying um, that he thinks Piggott's the one that's most suited to playing as the link man, the number 10. And, and he ended up sort of dropping deeper than Chaplin um, in the second half. So they just need to find that right mix, that right chemistry with that, those players at the top end of the pitch over, over the coming weeks. Hmm. Um, Siri teed it up nicely there so I was going to ask you just before we move on boys just for your final thoughts your kind of observations what you'll take away from the game Siri says two points dropped ultimately Hutchie what, what, how will you remember this first game apart from obviously the obvious fans returning etc yeah um, I don't think I will remember it for anything it's all about, it's all about the, <laughs> the, McCaul, the Macaulay Bond moment it's, it's the yeah. first the first step on a on a path, uh, we're talking before the game, Stuart and I. And I, I said to him that that the Burton, the Burton Albion game, the next league game, really worries me a little bit. Um, and I was expecting Ipswich to go into that game on the back of three points against Morecambe, having um, just ha- just by having too much firepower on the pitch. Um, maybe a bit of a, a reminder that that doesn't necessarily translate into into results. Um, I think it's fine. Um, but not a lot more still to prove. Quite Mickey? a lot. Yes, well, I remember for a few things. Obviously, the, the fact there was no mashed potato is one of the things I remember it for. <laughs> but apart from that, um, no, I think I see. I said Piggott and Norwood. You see, when we talk about our teams, uh, who would you start? Start Piggott and Norwood because, as, as, as Stu very much alluded to, Piggott is quite happy coming and getting the ball and linking things up. He's not afraid to come back, and I could see in him doing that. And then bombing it wide and bombing in the box. And who's already in the box with him? Norwood. And that's what I think. I think we lacked that far apart from that, as in, I was I was disappointed that we, how many few chances we actually created, clear-cut chances. We had one or two zoom across the six-yard box with no one there. Um, but apart from that, I'd like to have seen a few more shots and a few more crosses in that were better than they were. Um, but you know, it's early days. You, we can't, you can't take too much away from this. I mean, if all I'm really concerned about is the mashed potato, then there's nothing too much to be worried about. Is there? So, um, I think, though, but Burton will... I think one, one final, final thing. There was a huge amount of expectation and pressure on this game for those players. Mm. This has built up since the since the owners, where new owners were announced, which I can't remember when it was. must have been two months ago, if it was three. This whole setup has been geared towards this game. I mean, if you're a player, you must have felt under so much pressure walking out there. And the atmosphere sucked, must have sucked the life out of you a little bit. The adrenaline would have been absolutely flowing. And that can get quite overpowering. And I think, they, as a team, they did quite well, really, especially to come back twice. Um, they showed great character. But that was a, they'll be glad that game's out of the way. That's all I'll say. I think it, we could well see a different mindset even perhaps on Saturday at Burton or tomorrow against Newport, whatever. But mm. I think that's a good game out of the way now. So you, you sound like you're going to jump in before Mike. No, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. I hadn't really sort of considered it from, from that point of view. But what I would say is all the talk about new side gelling and uh, nine debuts for Ipswich. Morecambe gave nine debuts as yeah. well. So that kind of lessens that argument. If they had played, for example, Burton, who were a team, you know, a team that had finished last season quite strongly, that is quite a settled squad 
then you go, well, it's a team of strangers and, you know, but Morecambe are a new team as well and they haven't signed their nine players from the sort of pool that Ipswich have signed theirs from. So that does lessen that argument a little bit. So I might be being a little bit, bit a little bit strong on them first game, adrenaline, all of that sort of stuff, but still a draw against Morecambe at home, um, which when you say it that out loud as an Ipswich Town fan, that, the standards are meant to be a bit higher now. So I am going to be a little bit, more expecting of, uh, of of what Ipswich Town want. If, if this team is gunning for the title, the top two, as everyone's talking about, then you have to have a little bit of disappointment coming away from those games. And I'm sure Cook and Co will be dissecting it and just looking at where they where they can improve going forwards. I think you need to give them a team talk, Stewie. I didn't come back from missing pre-season to get back into a draw with Morecambe. This is bullshit, boys. Sort yourselves <laughs> out. Um, right then, boys. Sexy stuff. Thankfully, and very kindly and thoughtfully, Ipswich Town waited until our, our kickoff supplement was on the street on Friday with the 10 new players on the front before they added two more. That would have been a right pain in the arse on Thursday Thursday evening afternoon. Um, and I've got to say something I never thought I'd be able to say on Friday. Um, Ipswich Town signed an ex-Barcelona striker. Journalistic licence, perhaps, but it's true, still true. Uh, Hutchie, we spoke about this on Friday in, in our excellent transfer talk video out every week for our, our KOA YouTube channel. Um, we'll talk about the two signings. Uh, let's start with Louis Barry, though, because I guess he is the, the kind of more exciting of the two. What do you make of this one? Yeah, he's he's got so much potential, hasn't he? He's been talked about for, for quite some time. Um, obviously, that's how he ended up in, in Barcelona for, for a few months before before coming back to Villa. He's 18 years old. He's He's quick. He likes to get in behind. But like I said in the video on Friday, the thing the thing that infuses me about this signing is that he's not coming in to be relied upon as playing 35 games and suddenly having to carry the goal scoring and attacking fortunes of a of a team that is 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 hoping to win promotion. He's 18 years old. Um, he'll hopefully play some some games here. He'll hopefully have some big moments here. Ipswich are grooming him for Aston Villa. That's that's the job here, and um, hopefully he can he can contribute. But the great thing is, unlike perhaps some youngsters that have come on loan from other clubs in the past, he's not being asked to be sort of the creative centre of of Paul Cook's team, and and that should actually really quite help him. I think um, mm. that that should help him enjoy this experience and and really get something out of it, and and Ipswich can get something out of him as well. Mm. In a continuing trend for all the signings um, that Town have made this summer, the Villa fans were talking very much like it's an excellent move for Barry. Not obviously he's not left Villa, but um, very complimentary of, of his talent, comparing him a little bit to to Jack Grealish. Um, so, what, what did you make of signing someone of Louis Barry's pedigree and uh, and kind of standing in the game as a talent? Yeah. The- Grealish went out on loan to Notts County, didn't he, at a similar age? And as mm. we've seen so much with these these England players that have kind of earned their stripes throughout throughout the football league and throughout the throughout the pyramid, um, <clears throat> he's just got a touch of the Grealishes in the terms of the way he looks. A slick back hair. He's got earrings in both ears. From what we we gather, he's uh, not short of confidence. This young man, which you know, if you've been out to Barcelona and back and and whatnot, hopefully he's got the uh, the ability to to back it up. But everyone you speak to from a Villa persuasion will tell you he's a real a real talent. So just really looking forward to to seeing what he's all about. We'll yeah. probably find out our first glimpse uh, tomorrow in the Newport game. 
yeah, we'll come on to Newport in due course. Someone else we're probably going to see tomorrow for the first time as well is at the other end of the spectrum in terms of age and career trajectory. Sonne Aluko, again, um, town signing a Nigerian international who wants uh, change clubs for seven million is is something that's quite pleasing to be able to say, Stu. Is there you got any thoughts on on Sonne Aluko? I mean, they've got their 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 forward lineup now is ridiculous. Hmm. My memories of him is is giving Ipswich quite a torrid time for Fulham in the Championship. Fulham gave of all the teams during sort of that Championship prolonged Championship period, Fulham kind of gave Ipswich some lessons when there was Kearney and Johansson and people pulling the strings in midfield. But Aluko was one of the, the wide players. Um, that gave it such a bit of a torrid time. That's a few years ago now. He's, he's 31, hasn't scored loads of goals for Reading, but I think he'll add some valuable experience as much as anything. Whether he's going to be playing week in, week out, I don't know. Again, what role they've signed him for, whether it's to play wide right as a 10. Um, he's played for up front as well. I, I imagine wide right would probably be the area that they've brought him in to kind of compete with, with Wes Burns. Um, it's just another weapon in the armory isn't it and this is this is Paul Cook's challenge now we talked he talked about having a, a smaller tight-knit squad and you know Mick McCarthy always talked about you can create more problems by having too many players and if there's too many sort of with frowns on their faces around the building that that can kind of spread throughout the squad so how he manages man manages these players now in terms of um, sort of keeping them all happy will, will be very interesting. Mike, uh, obviously we've got American owners. Are mm. they, with these signings, are they pursuing kind of winning games by American football score lines, like 17-14? Mm. They are aware they can sign defenders, aren't they? I must confess, I, I'm, 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 I must confess, all these attacking players we're signing, I, I find it quite extraordinary because, I mean, we're going to have one hell of a bench of attackers, but as you saw on Saturday, <laughs> I mean, as soon as, as soon as you get one injury to a defender, we're all absolutely knackered. We don't quite know what to do. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love. Don't get me wrong, I love attackers. I was when I played, I was an attacker. I mean, Stu was a defender. You see, I was an attacker, and Stewie was hiding it and nutting it and kicking it and punching it, and I was the sort of bit of a classy, you know, trying to score goals. <laughs> so I'm all up the other end. Love but, that. I, but I do understand the need to not concede goals. Yeah, and I think yeah, I mean, as great as it is, a Sonny Luco, and I like the boy. But he looked, he looks a right character. My lads looked at him and said he looks good. He's that sort of Jack Jack Grealish sort of. Uh, you know, he's got it written all over him, hasn't he? I mean, he looks confident and he'll be brilliant. And he's got no pressure on him, is he? I mean, he's got no pressure. He can come and do it. He can come really enjoy himself. And as Stu said, there's been Greenish went out in Notts County and, and, and stuff. And, and yeah, great. Uh, but uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, just the odd defender would be nice. Um, yeah, just to sort of back things up. We've now got like seven attackers and or 18 attackers and like six defenders, <laughs> which is, we could, it could well be, yeah, it could well be 23 21 matches. Yeah, there was a, there was a moment in the second half when, um, Janoy Danassian thumped into a really good, meaty challenge, won the yeah. ball, but hurt himself. And Andy and I were going, well, what if he goes off? What do they do now? Because <laughs> Toto's gone off already. The bench had no other defenders on it. It had, uh, just having a quick look at it now, midfield-wise, you had El Mazzuni and, and uh, was the nearest thing you had to a, a midfielder. So I suppose you, you probably would have put Lee Evans into defence. Because I couldn't really see Vincent Young or Penny playing centre half, so Lee Evans would have probably had to drop to centre half, and you'd have maybe stuck El Mazzuni on as a as that sort of number eight type in in midfield. I don't know, but um, th that did sort of yeah, lots of attacking options on that bench, but there is still a few gaps to plug, and I'm sure they'll uh, I'm sure they'll fill them over the coming days. Seamless, Stu, as if you knew what I was going to move on to next. 
So Barry and Aluka are through the door, 11 and 12, Hutchie. It looks like we're going to get 13 and 14 in short order, doesn't it? Michael Jacobs was in town on, on Friday. Danny Cowley said he, he's sad to be losing him from Pompey. Essentially, they, by the sound of it, couldn't afford him. Um, what's the latest on incomings, Hutchie? Yeah, he was. He was here on Friday. Fee was agreed. Um, there was there were things to sort out on that deal. Um, but so we'll see we'll see where that one goes. And then Hayden Coulson. I, how long have we been talking about Hayden Coulson at left back? Month. Uh, it does uh, it does sound like that one is um, finally 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 going to get ticked off. So Matt Penny's going to have um, have his competition at left back. So we'll see um, we'll see where that one goes. What's what's the crack with Jacobs? Then you say there's still a few issues to overcome there is it i mean carly was saying that they accepted a a bid is what's it? it's just well it's just when a bid is accepted but the deal the deal isn't complete so um yeah we'll see where that one goes watch this space he's, have you got sorry Carl. he's had some injuries hasn't he they talked about that he didn't he didn't get on the pitch when he was on the pitch for portsmouth last year by all accounts he was very good but um they couldn't always get him on the pitch and he's had a bit of a delayed start to pre-season so until these deals are done um, they're not done, so we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, they're they're moving in the right direction with a, with a few more players. I imagine that there'll there'll be several more in the door over the coming days. Mm. There's got to be a central defender on the way, you think as well, wouldn't you? At some point, um, yeah, centre half, centre midfield as well as the other area. Um, yeah, we talked about Evans Harper. Beyond that, you've got John Nolan, who's still working his way back from from an injury. So I think they look uh, a little short there for me as well. Yeah, Stu. Um, I mentioned that you were you did a deadly king for preseason. Just rocked up uh, on, on when it started to matter. But on Friday, you stepped off the bench to add a little transfer story to our website. Um, Flynn Downs, in terms of outgoings, sounds like he's um, on his way to Swansea. Yes, I think that's um, in the process of of happening now, as as we speak. Um, deal agreed. Uh, so it's just a case of yeah. Uh, I think terms. Terms done, just a case of medical. So maybe by the time people listen to this, I'm hoping sort of later today, that's gone through. And that will be a really, really good move for Flynn, I think. Um, it speaks volumes that he's had three of the teams, three of the four teams that finished in the in the playoffs last season have all been in for him this summer. Barnsley showed really strong interest earlier in the window, along with Peterborough. Um, I think... He probably wanted to wait and see what else come along. Something better. Bournemouth was was getting quite advanced that they hit a bit of a deadlock in terms of negotiations, and uh, Swansea have, have swooped. Um, Matt Gill, of course, has just gone across to, to Swansea following his very short stint at MK Dons <laughs> with Russell Martin, and has uh, quickly moved across to Swansea. Um, so I think that's a really good good move. I think he'll be a good fit for the way. Um, Russell Martin's sides play football for all. Flynn's kind of been typecast now as this sort of tenacious, hot-headed, tough-tackling midfielder. You look at his possession stats, he don't give the ball away very much, I tell you, and he's, he's more than that. He's a more rounded midfielder than, I think, perhaps how he's been in stereotyped. I've said for a long time, I, I can see him going all the way, Flynn, and this move, whether it happens with Swansea or proves to be a, a stepping stone to something else, um, will be really good for him. So, um, again, it's more more money in the pot for all this checkbook FC talk and what Ipswich are throwing money at stuff. They've got some money in for Dizel, a million pounds rising. It will be something similar for Flynn Downs, you would imagine. So, uh, coupled with the fact that the wage bill has been got massively reduced with the with the number of exits, um, 
kind of dampens all of this stuff about Ipswich just chucking money at it. You know, they've got FFP type rules to, to fit within and they're obviously doing that. Hmm. Um, fantastically quick promotion there for Matt Gill, isn't it? As you say, literally, I don't know how long he was actually at MK Dons and, and he's, he's quickly moved on. Boys, for the next five minutes or so, I'm expecting is just to be able to sit back and bask in the sheer exuberance and warmth of Andy Hutch Warren's glow because as we talk about sexy stuff and things that have happened since we last spoke, the sexiest thing that could happen in Andy Hutch Warren's preseason is the squad numbers being released, which happened on what can only be described as a fairly hectic Friday, Andy. Um, but you were there, you were all over it, uh, lathering at the gills as it came out. What do you want to tell us? What do you take away from the great squad number reveal? <laughs> um, a good set, a good set of numbers. Yeah. You say I don't get excited about anything. <laughs> yeah. um, Kids good, and set, squad numbers. good set of good set of numbers in there. Solid ones. I did a, uh, I, I did some predictions for them. Um, hit and miss, I would say, was would be my my strike rate in there. We're, we'll talk about the number seventeen in a minute because uh, I think we've all got something to say about that. But um, yeah, good good set of numbers in there. The number my big fear though is that the number two has been left vacant. Um, they want a new left back. If that left back ends up with that, there will be there will be murders. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't, yeah, that, you can't that, put left back a number two on a left back. Yeah, that's look, that centre back. Yeah, you can get away. Yeah. Really, you should be a right back. Um, yeah, could you imagine uh, Andy Robinson, Andy Robinson with a number two on the back? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Jonathan Parr played left back with a number two on his shirt, which I think, and it was just an absolute disgrace. Um, It shouldn't. It shouldn't happen. So, if that is what comes of this, that automatically turns it from a good, solid set of numbers into um, into a very bad one. But any questions? You might as well give Pig at number five if you're going to start doing stuff like that. What Milan Barros style with number five on his back? Any? Have you got any questions? Any that you? Any that you particularly need my? Thoughts on yeah, what did you make of because you'd made a plea on here before for 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 Trey Bond Macaulay Bond to get the uh the number nine shirt? He didn't, that went to Piggott and Caden Jackson moved up. What did you make of that? Uh, Kate, yeah, I, I think Caden had to brace himself for losing for losing <laughs> yeah. that for losing that. Um, I can see why Piggott's got it. There is there's an interesting um, there's an interesting story behind Macaulay Bond's shirt number, which um, I'm not going to say that now because we're gonna we'll do it in another way, but um. Oh. Yeah, there's an interesting story there. Um, Janoy Dinastian in the Emma Hughes tribute number 44 shirt is interesting. Um, at some point, I'll find out the reasoning behind that because that's weird. Um, but yeah, there we go. You tease, Hutcher. You tease with Macaulay Bond and, and the secret behind his number. Right then, let's get into it. It's inevitable. Number 17, Ed Sheeran. I'm going to kick this off because I absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it. I can't say enough how much I hate the fact they've given Ed Sheeran a number. Fantastic to get him involved, sponsoring the shirt, boy done good, brilliant. Don't give him a bloody number though, because what's next? We get Amazon Prime getting 33 next season. Netflix coming in as 35 because they give they give town a bit of cash. The only reason to give anyone a squad number is if they're actually going to play a game of football. And I'd be all for that. If Ed Sheeran's going to come on the Papa John's trophy, I'd be I'd be all on board with that, but it ain't going to happen. And so I just think it's incredibly cringy and tacky and shit, boys. I've got to be honest. I, I'm as I say, uh, Town have done a lot of things right this this off season. Ed Sheeran on board is great, 
but don't give him a squad number. I know you boys are now going to say, yeah, but think of all the shirt sales and all that sort of stuff. And I can see all that. But for me, that's a big N O. No, hell, hell no. Stewie, <laughs> Stewie, tell me I'm wrong. Um, I won't lie. My first reaction when I heard about it was the that, yeah. sort of, <laughs> that, that gif. Oh, it's a bit cringy. I, I immediately I thought, oh, the opposition football fans are going to have a, a, a field day here and take take the pee. Um, but I don't hate it to the level you do. Look, it's it's great exposure for the club. I don't know how much he's put in, but a significant amount, which is essentially a donation. Look, it doesn't offend me to to that level. It's not it's not for me. But um, yeah, if anything, now they've done that, I want them to fully commit to it, like register him. And as you say, get him on in the trophy. We know Ed loves the trophy. He was there turning up for the games against Tottenham under 23s when, when about 2000 were at Portman Road and, Colchester games in the trophy get him on the bench do a Southgate 120th minute of extra time off off comes uh, off comes whoever Matt Penny up goes the board <laughs> 17 Sheeran on get him taking taking a pen ideally in the game against Colchester as well yeah so uh, you know with we've, we've got subplots of plenty with Chambers and Scoos and then Sheeran comes on to take to take a pen I'd be Which, I'd be I'd be all over that that would be that would be tremendous, but it's not going to happen. So don't give them a squad number. I mean, there are loads of extra squad numbers above a certain number, all the way up to ninety nine. Are we going to just give sponsors squad shirts now because they get a bit, give a bit of money towards the club? That, I mean, that's basically where we're going. If Ed Sheeran's got a number, let's give every sponsor a number. Let's say, you know, shall we shall we club together and get KOA on the back of a shirt? See if we can get a squad number. Hutch, yeah. you're the man to ask about this because you obviously are passionate about squad numbers. How do you feel about Ed Sheeran getting a squad number? Um, it's it's the it's the step that makes me think this is getting milked a bit now. Mm, yeah. Um, but I don't. Again, I don't hate it. I I don't. Um, I like it a lot more than I I like clubs giving the number twelve to the fans as the twelfth man. This is this is an upgrade on that. You see a lot. I think Reading do it every year. Number number twelve at Reading has been the fans or something previously. Um, I'm not into that. This is he is at least a real person. Um, had instead of well, so was Marcus Evans. To be fair, he could have. Did he never got a squad number when he was on the front of shirts? Did he? Um, but care, if yeah, giving it to Carers Trust or Magical Vegas, they're at least at least he's a person. He's a real human being. Mark Wright played for Crawley. The the only way is Essex guy played for Crawley. He was a footballer previously, but he played for Crawley. So this would if if they could get him on the pitch, this would be like next level up on that. Sheeran's Ed's definitely blazing that penalty over the bar. By the way, I don't know if you've seen the odd <laughs> bit of footage where he has got involved in in football. Um, he doesn't look the most natural, even in that TikTok video. What, what is that weird goal that he's got in his back garden that's about 10 foot high and two foot wide? It's, it's yeah. the dimensions of a TikTok screen. That, I think that's what it's for. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't, look the, he doesn't look the most athletically gifted, does he, the boy Ed? Obviously gifted in other ways. Uh, Mike, you're a man with strong opinions on everything. Give me a strong opinion on Ed Sheeran having a I am. I am. I'll tell you what, I'm almost going to leave the studio. <laughs> I am. I've never heard such a load of snobbish talk yeah. in what? all my life. 
What? what earth is we have just I used to watch Barcelona, Manchester United, <laughs> Liverpool, Saint Etienne, FA Cup fun. And for the first time, right, in the history of the last decade, we have something interesting and we all go, hmm. Ed Sheeran is do you know I'm gonna go right into the camera here. He is the biggest star on the planet, right? Who is involved in our football club. We give him a shirt and people go. Oh, is he going to come on? What a load of tosh. Get any comes on or not, for Christ's sake. What is wrong with you? It's the most exciting thing among all the exciting things this club is doing. And I'm telling you now, I hope he does come on. Number three, I'll get him on the bloody pitch. Go on, Cookie, sign him up, put him on. 120th minute of a match. I'll tell you what, the place did erupt. If they thought Sheeran was going to be on the bench, if Stewie's, if Stewie's preview said Sheeran on bench as Burton come to town, there'd be a 30,000 set out there. And you're sitting there going, well, who are you going to give a number two next? I've sat there and watched number 99, 89, 88, all these opposition players who I've never bloody heard of and you'll never see again. But whoever come on the pitch with a 99 and an 88, who the hell are they? I mean, I've never, at least I've heard of Ed Sheeran, so I love it. And that's the end of it. And if you, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to leave because I'm not going to leave, but I'm not on cross. <laughs> Mike, I tell you what, he's going to contribute more probably to the history of Ipswich Town Football Club than some of his predecessors who wore the number 17. Uh, he'll be remembered more than longer than Keenan Bennett's, for example, or Danny Rowe, or some of the, you know, uh, possibly Kevin Brewer might be pushing it there. Kevin uh, did okay, didn't he? Um, during a reasonable period. But um, it was it was one of the top news stories on like the BBC News section. So it just shows you, I know we're sort of talking about being a bit traditionalist, but they need to, Andy's saying about milking it, squeeze it for every single last drop because this is manna from heaven, marketing heaven that has fallen into Mark Ashton's lap. And um, I don't know, will it sell a few more shirts? Do suddenly people buy an Ipswich shirt with 17 shearing on it when they might not have done? I don't know, but... Listen, it's it's all money in the coffers, isn't it? If it's gonna if it's gonna help fund a few more players and uh, get Ipswich Town promoted, then then great. The return of Stewie asking himself and then answering questions. We've not seen that for a while. Fantastic to have you back. Uh, Mike, I wish you'd stop sitting on the fence. It's never really clear what you think about things. Um, and all I'll say is if we're giving Ed Sheeran a number and you want to milk it, why stop there? Why not call Portman Road the Ed Sheeran Super Bowl? That'd bring in a few bit more money as well, wouldn't it? Let's cool. do that. Call it what you like. I mean, I've never been so bored at Portman Road over the last 10 years that I've had to witness and try and think. Of, as for these two boys, don't write match reports about stuff that's been the most uninteresting dross that I've seen at times. And at last we have something really exciting. And I'm happy. And I hope Sheeran, I hope, do you know what? I'd like to see him put the crazy mascot on his head and then <laughs> kind of take it off in front of the North Stand and just give a bit of that. And then the North Stand just go wild. And I mean, that's sort of stuff where you get like the uh, out. You'll like pack the out. Like the masked singer. Just have uh, yes, crazy yes. doing a show, and then he just takes his head. He has joked about that, hasn't he? I think he, he went on some Australian radio station and joked about whether the terms of his contract could include him being able to be the mascot, Brilliant. the horse. Let's do it, I say. Let's let's sign him up as as a coach and manager as well. Why not? Let's milk it for all it's worth and name the stadium after him. Anyway, I, in being disgusted by that, seem to be on my own uh, and looking at the KOA army as well. I put a poll out about it because I was so disgusted thinking, yes, I'm going to get validation here. I did not get validation. About 70% of people said, that's nah, all right. I like it. Bring some money in. There you go. Um, so not for the first time, I stand alone in my views on this KOA podcast. Uh, boys, 
Um, while you were watching 22 cloggers fudding round the pitch in third-tier football on Saturday, I was watching elite-level sport in Eddie Hearn's back garden. Do you want to hear about it? Please. Yes, it was great. Um, Eddie Hearn was there. He's surprisingly large. Um, Celebrity wise, Joe Joyce, Dillian White. Um, who else was there? Josh Warrington. These are big time boxers, boys. I, I know I'm getting blank looks from you. But the, the man I was most impressed by seeing in the crowd. <clears throat> do you remember The Apprentice? Do you watch The Apprentice? Yeah. Do you remember anyone I remember? Do you remember a, a lad from West Ham who used to sell pillars called Tom? Yep. Tommy Skinner. That's him. He was there. Um, being being very loud with his mates. Do you know, boys? And I, I just want to. Because uh, it, it struck me as I walked into Eddie Hearn's back garden on, on Saturday, we are absolutely stealing a living. It's ridiculous that we get paid to do what we do. You were sitting watching Ipswich Town at Portman Road in front of twenty-one thousand fans. I was being paid to watch high-level elite boxing in Eddie Hearn's back garden on Saturday. Um, do you know there, there was a crowd there? Do you know how much people had to pay for a ticket? Guess. How much would you pay to go and watch boxing at the Hearns Back Garden with everything laid on? All the food was complimentary, all the drinks complimentary. How much would you pay? 50 quid. 800 yeah. pounds. No. 800 pounds. 800 pounds? Yeah, per ticket. Uh, and I was I was ringside watching the boxing. Um, there was a bit of rain and the Wi-Fi was dreadful, which if you're a journalist or ever done any kind of journalism thing, to, to do live coverage without Wi-Fi is is impossible. So I was pretty stressed about that. But the reason I was there, Fabio Wardley, he won in fine style just hours after his boy and mate from childhood, Macaulay Bond, had scored a goal. That was tremendous to see. Fabio, of course, wearing white and blue to the ring. It was an excellent day out, chaps. I, I would have liked to have been at Portman Road, but I think I would have preferred to be watching boxing, to be honest, because let's face Did it. Did you sneak inside? Did you say, oh, I need to... The- the loo. Did, is that how it works? Yeah, um, you sneak inside Eddie's back door. What, I imagine I, that's what. You're better than that. You're better than that. I went um, when it started raining. I, I pleaded my case and got into the the matchroom boxing offices, which was quite an insight. And um, they've got huge mural pictures of famous fights all over the walls, like um, Joshua Klitschko and Nigel Ben, Chris Eubank, and they also have a fully stocked beer fridge in their office with Peroni. There's ale in there. There was Estrella, I think, as well. That is the sort of place that I'd like to work in, boys. Boxing pictures on the wall, beer in the fridge, Eddie Hearn's back garden available to me with a full-size boxing ring. It was it was a tremendous experience, as I say. I can smell the testosterone on you through through the lens right now. Yeah, you know, I, that is my happy place, being being in a, a fight event surrounding um, and to be privileged enough to be there. As I say, ridiculous we get paid for this. And it was great to see Fabio win. Um, and I'm hoping, I spoke to him after the game, he, he was, because you have to do, after the game, after the fight, you have to do a lot of media, of course, now at the level that he's at. I don't imagine much like players do when you're you're covering a game with um, with Sky Sports there. So he was, I think he was fairly fatigued by the time he got around to talking to me. But as soon as I mentioned Macaulay Bond, his face lit up. Um, that was like the most animated I saw him in any interview talking about Macaulay Bond. And then I asked him as well about getting to walk the English heavyweight title belt onto the pitch at Portman Road, um, which he told me is something very much in the pipeline. So hopefully that happens and that will be fantastic. Um, Hutchie, moving on from boxing to money. There's plenty of money around on Saturday night in Eddie Hearn's back garden. Let me tell you, I saw some sights. Saw some sights, boys. So stay with me for take, a long time. Did you take your car, by the way? My car? Yeah. No, they, 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 what do you mean? Well, did you drive? Did you park it there? What's your car look like compared with the other people's cars? Oh, well, did it stand out? 
No, I mean, basically, the fighter hotel, holiday in Brentwood, we had to all meet up, and then they bust us into Eddie's gaff. Ah. The, the security, the security boys was unbelievable. Mm. There were massive, I'm talking about seven foot tall, 25 stone security guards everywhere. Eddie with his own security detail following him around, uh, and also dogs, but not the sort of dogs that I'd want to approach. Um, if you know what I mean, there were there were big, angry looking dogs stationed on pretty much every door. Um, yeah, it was it was an experience, boys. But anyway, I can see the board. Uh, I'll move on. I know it's not football. <laughs> I know it's not football. So you're not interested. Let's move back uh, away from boxing and the good stuff into million pound picks. Hutchie, you've got a lot of money. That was my segue. Uh... A lot of the guys there on Saturday probably do have a million pounds. They're spending eight hundred pound a ticket to go and watch boxing. Um, you. Dished out two hundred grand on your first bet of the season, and you lost it all, mate. Spunked it right up the wall. I just spaffed it away, didn't we? Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, two hundred grand was put on um, on Ipswich to win, be winning at half time, and ultimately at full time, um, they didn't. So, <laughs> so the little pot, the little pot of money next to me here, in this wallet, is uh, is now down to eight hundred thousand pounds. So, yeah. Not a good start. You Stu, probably... You, you probably don't know what this is, do you, mate? No. Of course, because Stu doesn't listen to the podcast unless he's on it. Um, Shouldn't have to. We've, we've established that. It's all about the Watson. Um, so Million Pound Picks, Stewie, is a new feature we're going to be doing every every week this season. Hutchie's given himself an imaginary million pounds and will place bets every week, hoping to earn enough to take us all on holiday to the Bahamas and then leave Archon in a blaze of glory. Uh, unfortunately, though, He's, he's already lost 200 grand. So there you go. Million pound picks down to 800 grand picks now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 800 grand. It's got a ring to it, isn't it? Yeah. Boys, shall we talk a little bit about Newport before we take our leave? We're coming up to the hour mark now. Um, I've wanged on about boxing, which has taken us a little bit over. Apologies, friends. Let's get back to football. Newport County. Um, what a game. The Carabao Cup at home. Portman Road. Stewie, any thoughts on this? Do we care? Do town need to get a win under their belt? Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing some of the other new signings in action. We talked about um, Louis Barry already. A Luke, I imagine, will be involved. Uh, I don't know if, if Coulson would have signed in time. We'll find out as the day goes on. Um, it's a very similar game to Saturday, isn't it? Newport uh, lost to Morecambe in the playoff final last year in extra time. Um, so uh, probably a similar standard of, of opposition. Um Let's see how Ipswich do. We've bemoaned, we're talking about sort of things changing at Ipswich. A little cup run would would, uh, signify that things are changing at Ipswich Town. We've not had one of those for a little while. If Ipswich could get through a round or two and get a decent championship club or a nice little Premier League away day or something would would, would be lovely now that fans are back, wouldn't it? And um, get a real indication of where Ipswich are at in terms of not just League One standard, but above. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Hutchie, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I am. I think it's going to be quite a different. It's going to be a different experience to Saturday. I think that the it's going to go from a sort of a, a twenty-one thousand crowd, which felt like a full house, um, back down to something considerably, considerably smaller than that. So it's going to be a bit of a bizarre kind of sort of downgrade on that in a in a few days. But I, yeah, I am looking forward to it. Like Stu says, there there will be an opportunity for for those two new signings in particular, possibly more to feature but I'm interested to see where Cook goes with the rest of the team because if it, if I was him I'd, I would be tempted to 
to actually I'd want to I'd want to see Joe Piggott again. If you if if you're if you're my main man, Joe, I'd actually quite like to see you again in this, and and I'd like to see you try and and link up with Chaplin if if that's a, if that's a combination that he really wants to go to. I'm not sure we're necessarily at the point where you're making kind of ten changes for this because I I want to see these partnerships given a time given time to to click. Whether he does or not, I I genuinely don't know because he's got options there. He could play Bon and Norwood. The sort of double trouble from the bench could could play as kind of the the nine ten, and um, yeah, you like that? Look how happy he is! A little that's that's the most I've ever made you smile, isn't it? <laughs> double, double, double trouble from the bench, <laughs> double trouble, baby. That is amazing. They used to be actually going back in the day. Seattle Supersonics, Ricky Pierce, um, and Eddie Eddie Williams off the bench. They used to be called Deuce and Damage. Um, so I love double trouble for James Norwood and Macaulay Bond, herewith adapted officially into the KOA terminology. Anyway, sorry, I got overexcited there, boys. I'll let you carry on. Norwood and um, I, I used to call Norwood and and, ja- and Caden Jackson thunder and lightning for a brief, yes. for a brief period. Do you remember that? And you say and, you say that nicknames are silly. I, yeah, because it, it, it all went awful. The storm passed and it was terrible, so I stopped doing it. Um, Norwood looked um, fired up on Saturday, didn't he? For his uh, ten minutes yeah, that he came that's on, thunder, pure thunder. Maybe Norwood, two. Norwood and Piggott. That's what we want to see. Norwood and Piggott. That's what well, I want this to is, see. This is interesting, isn't it? Like, which way does he go with, with this? Because I, I, if genuinely, if he's looking at it, thinking Piggott and, and Chaplin, I see you being the real combination there. Surely he wants to have another another look at them now. I, mm. I don't. I, yeah. But then you. But then. Macaulay Bond has touched the ball once for Ipswich Town and yeah. scored a goal, and is absolute would be absolutely gagging to start this game. James Norwood would be absolutely gagging to start it, and then you've got two new signings to factor in as well. So, but you also only have two central midfielders. So, like, what what, what do you do here? You can't flog. I don't know if you can necessarily flog Evans and Harper at the moment. That's maybe different to Pitt, Piggott and Chaplin because there are replacement options for them, the players at the top of the pitch. At the other end of the pitch, the sort of the, the yeah. other third third of it, there aren't the potential options. I imagine you're not going to you're not going to be taking any risks with Kane Vincent Young, are you? Um, no, playing him sort of two games in that those space of days. I know it was a shoulder injury the last one, but I imagine there's got to be an element of wrapping him in cotton wool a bit. Maybe Corey and Darba gets get some some game time at centre half because you're going to have to play Danassian at right back because of what I've just said about Kane, which means you've got to find another centre half. I don't think Edmondson. Is quite there yet from from what we hear. I'm not sure Nolan's quite there yet. So the like the central two probably have to go again, unless he's, he's looking to El Mazzuni. I mean, this is the sort of game where I was really looking forward to seeing Armando Dobra, probably their yeah. most exciting player in pre-season. You're thinking the door is open again for him, and now they're signing all these attacking options. Where where does Armando fit into all of this? You know, we've just talked about probably going to be Barry and Aluko on on the wings. We talked about the combination of the front two. I'm not really sure where he fits into this now, which is which is the one downside of some of these uh, attacking options coming in. So, um, will they be that much better than than Dobra? I'm asking myself a question again. I don't know. We'll see. Good question. Yeah. Good you can't you can't answer that question. That's yeah. for them to answer now, isn't yeah. it? At least you can't. I love Dobra's squad number, by the way. At this what point, that's what that's one that I absolutely loved. Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Very, very love, happy. Why do you love that? So I think 14 is a really nice number, and my yeah, ma- nice mainly, number. mainly because he's moved from moved down from 36. He's oh, better okay. than that. He's better than that. He's into um, 
in my little predictions thing, I put him at twenty at twenty three, which I also really like for an, an attacking number. Aluko's got that now, um, but but fourteen's a nice little one for Dobra. I just hope he gets an opportunity to to use it. What do they do? I mean, talking about defence, obviously you'd imagine Corey and Darba's going to going to come. Yeah, in. you're not going to. Are you going to risk Wolfenden because he's your only fit senior centre half now? I mean, have they got anyone else who could play other than Danasian in there? Looking no. to someone like an Elkin Baggett, probably from the yeah. from the youth. That's where you're going to start having to dip in. I mean, Humphreys has played a little bit in midfield, hasn't he, in pre season and, and done yeah. done. Quite well by all accounts. Yeah. So you know whether they look to have him. I'm sure he'll be in the squad, whether he's whether he starts or not remains to be seen. Um, Baggett hasn't yeah, even I, been given a number at this point. He wasn't on the squad numbers list, so I'm not, and we haven't seen him at all in senior preseason, even on the bench. So that would be quite. That that might be what they have to do. But that, that play shows Wolf, the, play Wolf and dinner again. Let him get Saturdays goal out of his system nice and nice and quickly and um yeah I, as I like Andy I don't really want to start seeing 9 10 11 changes you know we can't keep peddling this team needs time to gel line but then chop and change them all every, every game because those two mm. things just don't mesh together mm. Mike did well I did um, we care? I, uh, pardon should we care about tomorrow cup game of course we should care about cup games. I'm, I'm tired again, tired of this continual uninterest in stuff. We we mix things up. We come up with these stupid excuses about rest and pit and the, and the league is the most important thing. We never get anywhere near winning the league. So what is all, we might as well go for everything and see where it takes us. I'm fed up of, well, the league's the most, yeah, yeah, yeah. League's most important. We'll try and win the bloody thing then instead of keep fiction 9th, 10th, 18th and 16th. So yes, I'd like, I think you've got to rest some. Vincent Young's an obvious one to give a break to. I mean, Evan, I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see Evans given. I think Evans is going to be so key. You don't want to get him injured. Um, but you've got so many options up front. You know, you, you can you can start with what you want to go with for league games, and you've got some you can bring on. So, um, but I did a little, couple of little features on because um, uh, I've done a meet the opposition, as you know, um, for for uh, tomorrow for meeting Newport County. Did you know? Because little did you know here. Did you know? Have you ever heard of the pop group, the Village People? Go west and in the navy and all that sort of stuff. In the yeah. navy and all that, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yep. one of the village people, the policeman, used to live in Newport. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I thought the punchline was going to be better than that. I have to yeah. be honest. Used to. They're they're only from New York. They're, they're from from America. Yeah, I think and his name's Victor Willis. I think his name lived in Newport for a period of time. What, a, he under, what, what an underwhelming period of time that must have been for him if he's used to. <laughs> Newport's not not great, is it? Anyone anyone spent much time in Newport? I have Last... been to Newport a few times. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Celtic Manor's quite nice on the edge of it, but um, last time I went there, someone was sick on my car. <laughs> nice, Stewie. That was that was outrageous. <laughs> that was Stewie. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, I came, came back from covering a, covering a game there and got back to my car, and there was just like thrown up kebab on the bonnet of my car. Oh, lovely. You see, things I like about Newport is, although I know it's not away from home, I've always fascinated with the name Rodney Parade, which, of course, is their ground. Of course, it's on Rodney Park. There's the road, apparently. And then Rodney Parade, I've just just found that always a very odd name. There used to be a column called Tales from Rodney Parade, a friend I used to write in an old magazine called Meet Me at Sir Alf, um, which was uh, fought by Mr. Steve Mellon, who of this parish, uh, who's a big KOA fan. He used to be the editor of that fine job he did as well. Um, but there's, yes, there's a column. I think it's something like Rodney, Tales from Rodney Parade or something. Someone used to write in that. 
just, on the, just on the topic of, of random facts and names and stuff, uh, Carl Marston, formerly of this parish, covered an FA Cup game for us this weekend, which is Witten against Kempston Rovers. Kempston Rovers' nickname, for those of you taking notes, uh, is the Walnut Boys. <laughs> because because in Kempston, in Kempston, apparently, there's a big walnut tree. And that's basically, so they're the walnut boys, which are... are I, so they I, get I, whipped very often. Oh, hey. Hey. Very good, Stu. They're a tough nut to crack. Right then, boys. Uh, we've had enough fun today. It should be illegal to have this much fun while we're getting paid. Um, that's been quite a long first KOA podcast of the season. Post-match, the first one of the season. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, please do remember to support our sponsors, uh, manscaped.com. Uh, use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off everything and free delivery, a whole range of things from intimate shavers, shall we say, to cologne, to nose and ear trimmers, to underwear, to all that good stuff. Very good stuff they've got at manscaped.com. So go and use code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. Um, boys, have you got anything else you want to mention before we, uh, we get on with our day and start penning some Newport-focused stuff? Uh, other than to just say... Uh, million dollar picks is a league game thing only. I'm not. I'm not throwing away my money on the cup. Fair, um, fair enough. I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll be better. I'll be back for. I'll be back for Burn. Back it's better. A, back it's stronger. A bi- it's a big one this weekend. Actually, it is do, big you, one. do you go ch- chasing your losses or do you go small and try yeah. and build back up slowly? I mean, this is what I've got to think. This is the Luke like Luke Wolfenden. He wants to get it out of his system early mm. with a with a good a good display, and that's what I need to do as well. We shall Chuck see. It all in. Chuck it all in. Chuck it all in our big one. <laughs> that says so says Mike. Um Stewie, anything anything to mention? Any other business? It's good to be back, mm. I'm, I'm assuming, after your uh, your Cornish slash Suffolk holiday. It's great to be back. I've just realized that I did say something to someone on Twitter that I was meant to say something on this, and I can't remember what it is, but I promise you I'll do it next time. Uh other than that, no other business. Oh, and also to the guy that um recognize me by voice while ordering an ice cream at felix though um <laughs> uh, i'm embarrassed by what happened next as i walked off with my ice cream uh, my big scoop of mint truck chip fell in slow motion and i kind oh. of patted it up in the air about six <laughs> times with my two palms before it eventually splattered on the floor and then was run over by the trailing bike that i was pulling behind me um not my finest moment can we just dig deep, a little bit deeper into that, though, before we go? Someone recognised you by your voice. That's how big a deal you are now. You're buying ice cream. Someone goes, uh, excuse me, mate, you're, you're Stuart Watson, aren't you? Is that, is that yeah. basically what happened? Yeah. Did uh, you go, tag, yeah. Tag his shirt untucked yeah. school days. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah. Yeah, good for insomnia. That's my voice. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that was it. And he also, the one comment was that he said, uh, see, you're at Felix Stowe. Apparently, did you have a conversation about Felix Stowe and Albrough on a previous pod? No, I, Apparently, I, I compared Albrough and, and Southwold and said, if you'd rather go to Albrough, you're not the sort of person I want to hang around with. I'd rather go to old Felix Stowe. <laughs> okay, so that that now adds a bit of context to what was said to me. He's like, see, Mark, Mark was right. You tell him Felix Stowe. Every single, every single time, got no time at all for Olbra. Absolutely, just, give me, like, give me Mannings, give me a bit of the amusements, give me some regal fish and chips, give me a little swim in the sea there. Exactly, Olbra's the emperor's new clothes. Uh, welcome, of course, to any of our Olbra listeners on KOI. I can't imagine. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to dig into that. And apologies for for slaughtering your hometown if that is the case. Right in, defend it. 
Mickey, you're, are you a fan of Oldborough? I can't imagine. I, I wouldn't see you on the seafront at Oldborough. Well, you'd be surprised, my friend, because yeah. I, am, I, I have far more, I've got a far <laughs> more sort of class attitude than you often give me credit for on this programme. Um, um, I have a second home in Oldborough. No, I don't really. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, I go for a stroll from Oldborough to Thorpe Ness. Now, there's a little walk for KOA uh, Ipswich Town fans on a Sunday after you've, uh, the town, have you, you've excited yourself with a town wind, drunk eight pints of lager Saturday night and had a kebab, go down to Oldborough Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, go down to Oldborough Sunday morning, park your car and stroll off to Thorpe Ness along all the way. Beautiful, nice little coffee shop there. You can have a coffee and you can hit the, the mere. You can have a little, a little paddle in the mere uh, with your boat. Well, not a paddle, a row in the mere and uh, walk back in. Uh, so I quite like Oldborough. So I won't, I love Felixstowe, of course, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, Southwold I'm not keen on. Oh, okay. But Oldborough, I, I don't mind Oldborough. It's a, it's a debate for another time, the whole Maggie mm. Hambling scallop, you know, where do you stand on that? Southwold versus Oldborough. I could talk about that for quite some time. Anyway, we haven't got time for that today, boys, because we've been going for about an hour, 17 minutes thus far. I hope you've enjoyed today's pod. There's been a lot of ground covered. We've had some good debates slash arguments about various things. Um, the boys, I think, are going to be back later on this week. I am taking some well-earned time off. Um, so I won't be around for the pod later this week, but the boys will be. Most interesting, of course, will be what Andy decides to do with the 800 grand pot he's got now. Does he go big or does he go small? Um, but make sure you listen to the next KOA podcast to find out. Follow us across all our social media, Kings of Anglia, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. YouTube especially is building up quickly now. We're putting loads of video exclusives on there. And the game day videos that Rossi's banging out now that fans are back are a superb watch. So you can get involved with them. And remember, as I say, use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. There you go. You're all caught up. We are back. Town are back. They didn't win. We had a fairy tale to start the season and we'll take that. We will see you, friends, next time. Crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.